yourself become glorious no i won't give in i won't give in till i'm victorious and i will defend i will defend that's not true that's impossible search your feelings you know it to be true Cast, your source of knowledge for leveling up in the world of popular culture. My name's Trent, and with me is my co-pilot Jarrah. How are you going today? Yeah, I'm really good, man. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we here at One Up Culture Cast are going to be uh, reviewing one of my favourite and one of your favourite, yes, <laughs> one of one of our favourite sci-fi series of all time. Uh, it's uh, Firefly. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> so excited. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a sci-fi space western uh, about nine people that uh, created Joss Whedon. Uh, he described it as, uh, what was it, nine people looking into the blackness of space and seeing nine different things. So, uh, yeah, deep. This is this is going to be fun. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to go through this. Yeah, so look, we're basically going to be trying to average three to four episodes a episode, basically. Um, three or four episodes of Firefly. Uh, we're going to be starting this week with the pilot, uh, the pilot that everyone got, and just another episode, which is technically third on the list. Um, such is the way that Fox decided to handle Firefly. Um, for those of you who are familiar with the Firefly material, know that its biggest enemy was ultimately the broadcast network, Fox, who decided to air, um, when it first came out, they decided to air it out of order. So the pilot wasn't actually the pilot. The pilot ended up being the second episode. And three different episodes from the series, which was Trash, Message and Heart of Gold, wasn't even initially aired. So you got half of this uh, season... You got episodes out of order, so things weren't making full sense. They basically just destroyed any chance the show had of succeeding. And the major thing that everyone focuses on, one season. Um, and it needed more than that. Mm. Uh, and uh, we will be going through that, as we said. We've got two weeks. Uh, we'll be doing three to four episodes. And we'll be finishing on the movie. And uh, we'll be getting into the importance of that uh, once we get there as well. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so basically that's all you need to know to get into it. Uh, we will also label this with a spoiler warning for those of you who haven't seen the show. First of all, what is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, why have you not? Second of all, <laughs> go and download it, buy it, hire it, Netflix, bug your friends, whatever it takes, watch it. It's only one season, so it doesn't take long to watch. Um, and you will thank us later, or you can thank us now. Yeah, before. thank us now. Yeah. Us. Um, uh, each episode is forty minutes of this mm, series, so except for the pilot, except for the the pilot. The, actual but we'll get into this later yeah. um but uh so you do have quite a bit of viewing even though there is only one season uh, and i just wanted to get just quickly your opinion on the 40 minute episode did you prefer that kind of format i think in general 40 minutes works best for this kind of show uh, like the, a mini featurette per yeah I, I mean the thing with the the pilot pilot the first episode um which goes for about a movie length um it's a good way to introduce everyone and that story would have been difficult to tell in just straight 40 minutes uh, but once that's established, I think the 40-minute formula worked well. Josh Whedon handled it well. The stories all worked within that time period. Yeah, I feel this, the first episode kind of needed it, and it is split into two parts mm. as well. Um, so, yes, it is a long episode, but it is split up, so you can take a little bit of an interval if you need to. But um, I think 
we should get into the swing of things with the first episode. Yeah, so the first episode is called Serenity, which will be confusing down the track because <laughs> there's also a movie about this series called Serenity. And the ship within this series is called Serenity. Yeah, so this is the official first episode. This aired last um, in the initial run because, thank you, Fox. Um, different countries aired it at different times. Australia aired this episode second and third. They split it up. Um, other countries aired it, you know, generally around that same area. Uh, but good on you, Fox. Um, so for those of you who need a bit of reminding, basically the first episode introduces us to Malcolm Reynolds and his crew. Uh, they're taking on some cargo. Uh, and unfortunately, Badger, who's kind of their middleman, won't accept it. So they're forced to, A, take on some new passengers, some who aren't what they seem, and secondly, deal with Patience, who is a character that uh, Malcolm Reynolds has had some history with. Not all of it nice, mainly he got shot by her. Drama ensues. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, see, there's so many so many characters, it's so hard to, to go through all mm. of them, um, which is part of the issue, I think, with, with why this needed so long, because uh, it's trying to introduce nine different characters. Uh, and the very first character we see, and one of my favourite little jokes, is uh, Wash, the pilot, who's also probably my favourite character, apart from Kaylee Bay. Kaylee Bay. We'll get to watch his Kaylee Bay soon. Um, but uh, we, we start off with him. He's like playing with two dinosaurs, and we kind of see the whimsical side of Wash, who is uh, through this episode. We see a lot of uh, back story. We see a lot of flashbacks as to when the crew was coming together, uh, and we kind of see that he's still a, kind of a child in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, he's a bit of fun, comical relief. It, what, what this episode does really well, and this is why it works as a pilot, is most of these characters, like, you get introduced to them, but they get one or two establishing scenes, which sort of gives you an instant uh, knowledge bank of who they are, what they're about. And this introduction with Wash and the dinosaurs while he's on the ship really encapsulates that character in the space of a minute. So you're not needing 20, 30 minutes to establish the character. Straight away, you know what kind of person Wash is. So you yeah. can get down, you know, as we go further on, we see what kind of relationship he has with Zoe, his wife, and a couple of the other characters. But you, despite it being a long pilot, you can establish these characters just like that, you which can, is the mark of good storytelling. It is, it is. Uh, and I mean, there's a, not a lot of things that change from Wash from early on to later on. Loses the moustache. Um, but in these, these episodes, we do see him meet his wife, Zoe, the first yeah. time that those two kind of interact. And mm. it's actually kind of awkward... It's kind of funny looking back knowing that those two are going to be married and are going to be very happy together. They're, they're quite a successful couple, really. Yeah, well, they stick I mean, together. <laughs> when you look at the different relationships in Firefly, that is the strongest one by far because there's no... I mean, they have their arguments, but at the end of the day, they make it work like a married couple. Yeah. Um, and kudos to having those kind of different relationships. And they've kind of made that dynamic a little bit opposite to mm. a lot of the media uh, representation of that kind of relationship because the warrior is the woman, mm. um, who we will get to later, um, and the kind of pacifist, in a, in a way, uh, very very kind-hearted, uh, wash, very emotional and loving, is the male. Um, and so they, they kind of swap those around a little bit, some of those gender roles, uh, just general assumptions, mm. um, which I didn't realise at first, but I really enjoyed as I went through the series. I mean... That's one thing Josh Whedon's always been really good at, is building female characters that are interesting, that are maybe a little bit different to what you normally get in typical media. Uh, right across the board, you get in this uh, series, you get a mix of female characters, just like you do in just about everything else Josh Whedon does. And that's part of the appeal of anything that he takes on board, really. Yeah, sure is. Um, this episode started um, 
basically with the flashback establishing where the name Serenity comes from. It also gives you a bit of uh, background information on Malcolm Reynolds and Zoe. Uh, they were both you know working together in the war between the Alliance and the Independents. It was funny, when I first watched this episode, I was introduced to Firefly by a friend, and he said, you know, sci-fi, you're going to love it, watch it, watch it. It took me a little while to get around to watching it, and I decided to watch this episode at, like, midnight, because that's kind of what you do. Yep. It was funny, that opening actually kind of put me off a bit. Um, yeah, well, it, it just wasn't what I was expecting yeah. at all, and I kind of thought, oh, I'll deal with this later. Then I ended up watching the episode, you know, about a week or two later. I watched it properly at a normal time, and I ended up watching four episodes in a row, because Firefly... But it yeah. was interesting. I'm not sure how you found it, but I found that opening a little awkward compared to what I was expecting. I yeah, guess. it's uh, kind of out of style. I mean, there are a few things that I did like. And uh, for those of you who don't fully understand what we're talking here, uh, basically there was a massive war between the Alliance and uh, the Browncoats, um, who were kind of the independents, um, kind of you know, fighting for their, their land on the outskirts um, from being taken. Uh, and... Uh, we this actually becomes quite important in the next episode, which is actually the uh, the actual uh, first first shown episode, the the premiere. But um, yeah, in, in that first episode, we, we first uh, sorry first maybe ten minutes of the episode, we see Mal and uh, and Zoe back in those times, and uh, yeah, it's not what I was expecting. It was a, yeah, it kind of bored me a little. Um, there was yeah two things I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool little adaption mm-hmm. to uh, to the, the future. And, and those things were the sci-fi western style of, of Firefly, which is really um, encapsulated in, uh, well, in, in the opening theme is probably the best way. But in that first, uh, those first 10 minutes, we do see quite a lot of the space westerny. So I kind of like it as an establishing area, but visually it was kind of boring. They were kind of in a cave. There's explosions around them. It was wartime. Not a lot you can do. Um, they tried to make the gun, the the ammunition were blasters but the guns were current day you know shotguns so i i I liked that aspect when they kind of introduced the old with the new um but that was it yeah i i also kind of lost interest i did however finish it the first time i sat and watched it congratulations thank you yeah um one thing from this uh opening that i found really interesting and it's one of those things i sort of as you get into the series more and more you kind of notice the importance of it is right towards the end um, of that sort of segment, you see Malcolm Reynolds kissing a cross necklace that he's wearing, which is quite fascinating because once we get into the modern day version of Firefly where they're actually going around at the time, Mal is very anti-religious. Yeah, he... Um, well, it, I don't know if it's so much that he's... No, no, yeah, he's anti-religious. I just kind of remember the stuff with Shep. Anyway, um, who we'll also get to. Yeah. But, uh, wow, there are nine members of this cast. This but is it take is a fascinating sort of using that comparison because you look at Malcolm Reynolds, yeah, I think... now he just believes in steel and, you know, his yeah, crew, really. But, but, you know, he starts off as being very religious and he's kind of broken by the fact that the war doesn't go his way. He had such faith that he was on the right side. Yeah, that, spoiler alert, they lose. Yeah, um, spoiler alert, 10 minutes in and we... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he's sort of like, his side has lost. He was so sure that the independents were on the right side that if, you know, his side lost, then God must have been against what he believed. Yeah. So he goes right the other way, whereas you get a character like Shepard Book who comes in to this episode a little bit later. Um, not a lot of his backstory is established in the series, but if you sort of read some of the expanded material, the comics and whatnot, you sort of find out that he was almost in a opposite of what Malcolm was where mm. he's come from a very, very rough background very violent very deceptive background 
and he finds faith and he finds God. So you get this sort of comparative piece between Shepherd and Malcolm, who have come sort of opposite ends of religion and you know, naturally um, trying um, to. Work unfortunately, together. we don't get to see uh, Shepherd Book's backstory through mm. the series. Um, we get glimpses of it. We kind of get teasers uh, through the series. We thank do you, find Fox. That out. Yeah, thank you, Fox. We do find out about his his backstory through extended and comics and all, all sorts mm. of wonderful material because, like I said, this became a cult classic, so people wanted it back. Yeah, and um, then there's a couple of episodes we'll sort of look into Shepard's backstory in a little bit more depth. Mm. It becomes more relevant at that stage. Um, but sort of next character to kind of cover, I think we have to address... Um, the beautiful elephant in the room that is Kaylee Bay. Um, and why we call her Kaylee Bay is quite simple. Um, we both want to We're love in love. Her. We're all yeah. in love. Yeah. She's just so lovable. Mm. She's... Just... Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. We're, we're... Her, her official name <clears throat> isn't Kaylee Bay. No. Um, but it is for the sake of this podcast. For these two people in this room, it is Kaylee Bay. Yeah. Um, and, and that is just because she is perfect. In every way. So, Kaylee is the mechanic on the ship, and uh, we see flashbacks once again, and she's not the original mechanic. Uh, we actually, first time we met her, she's on her back in the engine room with the old mechanic. Fun times. Yeah. Anyway, no. Yeah, Mal comes down, he says, why aren't we off the ground? Old mechanic gives him some spew that is completely incorrect, and Kaylee sits up and goes, well, that's not right, here's your problem, and gets offered a job. That's how Kaylee gets on the ship, and uh, she really loves Serenity. She loves the ship, she loves the mechanics, and uh, she's good at it. Yeah, But I, uh, I'm not sure what it is. There's just something cute about a cute girl. She's got just a smudge of grease on her, on her, on her cheek, just and the overalls. and. I mean, you get a lot of these sort of backstories that we're covering. It comes out in, a, in Out of Gas. It's one of the later episodes where you see a lot of this flashback stuff. But it is important sort of getting to know the characters we're dealing with from the start. And again, Kaylee's kind of establishes you know, the true optimist of the, the ship. You know, she's the one who speaks to Serenity. She's the one who understands her. Um, and really, Serenity becomes a temp character in a lot of ways. Oh, most definitely, um, yeah. But I, yeah, I think Kaylee brings a much-needed optimism because you're dealing with a character like Malcolm Reynolds as you leave, who was meant to be darker than he ends up being. Um, Nathan Fillion, who plays him, uh, ended up working with Josh Whedon to make him the character that he is. But even so, like he's still a very you know, serious, you know, battled character. Um, especially in the first realistic, episode Realistic, I think, it. is the way... Mal would try and mm. say, I, I'm not you know, negative, I'm, I'm realistic. Uh, whereas Kaylee is just always positive. Yeah. Um, she sees the positive in, in, in any outlook, which is also quite attracting. There's just nothing unattractive about the character. Um, her personality, her, her outlook on life. And yeah, I mean, the actress, Jewel Strait, just uh, does a great job. And you, you watch her, she got told to put on 20 pounds for that role, which yeah. I, yeah, like... I would not believe if you'd told really? me outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The next character that sort of comes through um, is Jane Cobb, who I think is best known by the hat that he wears in one of the later episodes. But he's kind of like the mercenary bounty bounty hunter kind of character on They're the crew. Of, it's a little bit interesting that he becomes known by the hat because he doesn't wear it for very long. No, it, it's literally a one episode thing uh, yeah. that just ascended into what everyone pictures Jane wearing yeah. and being um, which is great because it's a wonderful hat yeah, yeah. Um, but of the characters in this pilot like everyone gets established pretty well including some of the others we'll cover lately mm. uh, later i think jane's the one that comes off the weakest in this pilot like as far as the as far as the character building goes he's kind of generic like you get a lot more of him later on but if you just watch this episode you think oh yeah jane's just kind of that guy he gets one or two bits and pieces here and there but there's not that much to his character in the pilot yeah he's kind of a, a straight-faced 
slightly... He's not unintelligent, Mm. but he's not as intelligent as, say, Mal or Zoe, who are, you know, the the leaders of this. Um, I mean, Zoe's been uh, Mal's right-hand lady since the war, and and those two are... uh, She's also the first mate of this of this ship um and so yeah we get we get all that backstory but james is uh is quite plain really his his backstory is just a thug kind of but <laughs> yeah uh, you get a really good bit with him at the very end um between him and malcolm they're talking about the person who kind of becomes the main antagonist in this particular episode that kind of betrays them and they're just talking at the end and now uh, you know he was offered money to basically help the guy and he doesn't and mal kind of goes why didn't you do that and Jane just basically says the money wasn't good enough. And when Mao asks what if it was, you'll just have to see. Um, that right there is the perfect characterization of Jane moving yeah. forward. Because if you've watched the series and you know a particular episode called Ariel, uh, that offer of betrayal becomes a very important plot point. That's also, uh, we've spoken about this. That's my favourite episode, mm, Ariel. Yeah, um, um, so. yeah we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll cover every, every episode. Ariel was kind of both of our, like our top two, top oh, three. Oh, yeah, it's up there for both of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're looking forward to covering that. I think you got Mrs. Sure. Reynolds ahead for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jamestown's up there. Anyway, sorry. Getting into episodes we're not talking about. So, uh, we'll move on to... Uh, we have the final two characters of the, the main people on the ship. You're looking three. at... Three. There's three more characters. Regulars? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to go with Nara next. Um, oh, because, wow. Yeah, yeah there we yeah. go. That's the one he's forgotten. Um, who how, is, how do you forget Marina Bacara? How can you? Like, seriously, for those of you who have seen Deadpool this year, uh, you will know who we are talking about because he's the main female antagonist. For, uh, sorry, main female antagonist at all um, from, how from did Deadpool. You watch that the show, love man? interest. Oh, man. Very upside down, weird ways. Uh, <laughs> Very Deadpool. I, took, I took my own kind of perception. You know, I just yeah. took what I wanted out of it. Um, in this, uh, yeah, in the future, we find out that uh, prostitution is not only kind of legalized across the galaxy, but it's uh, a ranking. It's quite prestigious um, she's not because yeah, she's, she's not, not no. No, um, no, and she gets called whore and gets very angry about this. She is a companion, mm. um, and basically, uh, in the future, companions go and they get trained in you know, the, the art of seduction, uh, and they choose whom they wish to bed, whom they wish to sleep with when they arrive on a planet. Uh, and on Firefly, the ship that uh, we have been mentioning as we go through this, who, as like we said, is the 10th is the member of this crew of her, uh, there are two pods, and one of those is being uh, leased out to Anara for her business. Um, and uh, it actually uh, is for the the benefit of the crew really uh when when she's first introduced she's introduced as an ambassador mm. um as, as you know kind of mal's joking way of of you know going around and then she says she's a whore she gets quite annoyed about that but uh yeah it actually is a lot easier for them to land on a lot of planets with a prostitute on board um which is kind of kind of an interesting take on uh, kind of prostitution looked down upon yeah um, I, I i guess you know the best way to compare her is really i guess you'd talk the high-end escorts kind of thing yeah. where it's more than just you know pay for a girl bet her leave uh but it's sort of a true companionship given the name companion yeah. um and just the fact that there's a lot of training and it is very prestigious it's an interesting way of going about it um and it does create some very interesting dynamics between malcolm reynolds who's doing illegal things for perhaps the right reasons 
and then you've got Anara who's doing something that is legal, but you know, to a lot of people, and especially from our perception, might be you know less than prosperous, less than sort of moral. Moral, yeah. It's kind of an interesting dynamic there that Josh loves to play with throughout mm. the season as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a few going themes. Chinese, for example, even and they speak Chinese. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that brings us to the end of all of our, our regulars on the ship at the start yeah. of the very first episode. And um, we did mention uh, Shepard Book mm. a little bit earlier, so we'll just go a little bit further into it. He was uh, on uh, on the planet. Yeah, Persephone. Remember. Persephone it was, yes. Um, those of you who know, that's the uh, Earth Earth goddess from Greek mythology who was forced to, to marry Hades. Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, I'm a nerd for Greek stuff. Anyway, um, so we, yeah, we see Shepard Book and he's... Um, being pushing around is obviously in his religious garb looking for a ship and he he looks at a few and, and a few people have come up to him and, and he says uh you know i'm not interested in that ship or that ship looks quite nice and he ends up coming to to kaylee bay <laughs> who would get anyone to come on the ship because she's just so friendly yeah um and she says oh look i see you're looking around at these ships you know you're obviously looking for something and he's like oh yeah i'm just looking for the right ship and she says well you found her serenity and and, and that's how shepherd book ends up on serenity uh it starts off not as a crew member, but as a, a passenger mm. uh, upon the ship. Yeah. Do you want to go on to the, the next passenger? Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it is also important to keep in mind that these characters, these people who are boarding as you know passengers are only meant to be temporary. Yeah. Um, but they end up, most of them, being on board a long time. So we have Shepard Book, and then we have a character called Simon Tam, who appears, you know, he's well-dressed, he's wearing these evil-looking red sunglasses kind of thing, and he's, you know, very upright and, you know, self-important. Uh, we find out later, you know, that's not completely the case. Um, there's another character that sort of boards as well, and he seems very normal and nonplussed, and um, some stuff goes down, and, you know, the, the, the story is built to basically put the blame on Simon. You're watching it, you're thinking it's his fault, yeah. it's his fault. Um, basic- he, he brings on a suspicious package that mm-hmm. he won't let anybody look at. It's a massive crate, and no one's allowed to touch it. Um, and, and we're actually kind of the other guy who I don't even remember the name of now. I, I want to say Denim, but I don't think that's it. Let's call him Antagonist number one. Antagonist number one enters the ship and, uh, we're actually kind of led to believe that he's just a, a kind of a scared, nice guy. Mm. Um, which is, he's not. No. As you probably can tell by the fact that we don't remember his name, he doesn't stick around. Simon, however, does. Yay. Um, and, and we find that, um... We find the big story behind Simon uh, yeah. as to why he's the way he is. That we're, we're led to believe uh, that he's he's selling naked girls. Oh no! Wait, it's his sister. Um. Yeah, right. So uh, Simon was a, a doctor, quite a prestigious doctor, uh, back in the rim, back in the the <laughs> back on the core, back planets, on the central planet, the central planets, um, and uh, he uh, pretty much gave it all up so that he could go find his sister, who. We open up a wonderful crate at the end of this episode when the antagonist number one decides that uh, he's going to reveal that he's a cop and he's trying to capture a bounty hunter or something. I don't, even, yeah. I don't care what he was. He wasn't important. But uh, And yeah, so we look inside Simon's big crate and he's got a cryogenically frozen girl. We're still thinking he's pretty dodgy at this point. Yeah, and, and justifiably so. Like Malcolm kind of you know rails into him a bit before you know, River... The girl wakes up all freaked out and stuff, and it's revealed that you know the character is Simon's sister River, um, and the government had kind of taken to a facility, a school uh, for the gifted, as she was quite intelligent. It wasn't um, Charles Xavier's school. No, uh, they just performed experiments on her, yeah. um, 
and and the effects of which we see throughout the series. But uh, a lot of the times she seems quite lucid, um, like she's really out of it, doesn't really know what she's doing, and then other times incredibly insightful, like she knows more than she should, um, which is kind of the dynamic with her. Mm. Um, and it's sort of interesting comparing how this sort of builds in because you're dealing with a character who... Yeah, it doesn't get... Like like Jane, there's not that much that's built into her for this first episode. But you know straight away that, you know, they're building towards something. And yeah. she is kind of the great mystery of the entire season slash series. Thank you, Fox. Um, it was obviously meant to be built up more as the seasons went on. Uh, she became a real focus towards the end of this season. Um, and then in the movie, she's pretty much one of the main characters yeah. next to Mal. Pretty much... Ex- explaining her and mm. then everyone else's stories around and Mal's, which yeah. are intertwined. Uh, yeah, they don't go into too much detail about her in this first episode, but it's definitely the, the hook that's meant to keep you going. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all the main characters yeah, on the ship. Um, you know, what ends up happening is they find a place that they can deliver the, the cargo that they had. Badger doesn't want it because um, it's Alliance marked. So they go to another planet with Patience, uh, who's sort of an old lady running the planet, um, and we once again see a little bit of a, a view of that Western style. They land on the planet and uh, Patience rocks up on a horse mm. in quite Western garb. These first few episodes really lay on the space Western they thing. They really, really lay it on. Um, and yeah, once again, we see normal looking guns shooting sci-fi bullets, um, which is, yeah, I, I really enjoy yeah. um, that little... And, and, and this sort of whole fight really establishes Malcolm, Zoe and Jane a little bit because Malcolm just wants everything to go the right way. He's trying to do the right thing. Everyone at every turn is basically screwing him over. Yeah. Um, and, and even at the end when, you know, they win the, the fight, he gives, you know, he's, he doesn't take the, the cargo. He leaves it there for her. He just takes the money that was meant to be his. Um, Zoe, you know, smart, pragmatic, has the, the body armor, which saves her from a rough shot to the chest. Meanwhile, you got Jane sort of skulking around, taking out the snipers and getting the nice little hint to shoot the guy with the hat. Yeah. Um, which was, yeah, all sort of fun. They get back on the ship, and Taggart's number one has River at gunpoint. Uh, Malcolm's had enough of this crap, doesn't even think twice, doesn't breathe. Shot. He's dead. Chuck him off. They fly off. This whole episode had been building towards you don't want to do the wrong thing and get rid of the cop, but he's just had enough of this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, you know, as a pilot, I think this does a fantastic job of just establishing everyone. Yeah, know, this should have been the more pilot. More or less everyone. Thank you, Fox. Um, yeah, yeah, should have been the pilot. Ends up being the series finale because that makes perfect sense. Um, what did you, and you liked the pilot overall as an episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did. Um, I thought, yeah, it, it set everybody up lovely. And um, I actually, I didn't see this series when it first came out. Mm, I didn't see neither. it in the order that it was, yeah, that it was released. So this was the the intro the, sorry the pilot uh, for me um and so i loved it yeah i thought it was a fantastic pilot and i don't understand how the train i don't understand how they made the pilot the the episode they did from what i heard basically <laughs> the reason they didn't want this as the pilot was they thought it was a little slow um which i, I get i mean we were talking about how the start was too yeah. slow and it is longer it's dragged out but I don't know, maybe I was just really into it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, like, at the end of at the end of this episode, you've got exactly what you need from a pilot. You know the main characters. You've got some plot threads to keep you going through the end of the season. You've got a little bit of mystery. You get an idea of what the story is. You get an idea of the type of, you know, is it a comedy, is it an action, is it a drama? It does everything it needs to do. It does. And it, like, as you said, it sets up each of the storylines that we see throughout the rest of this series. Season, thank you, Fox. Um, 
But that, that's going to be a common theme. Thank, thank you, Fox. You Fox. Yeah. Um, get, I'm sorry you're going to hear that a lot over the next two weeks because we've got a lot of this and a lot of things to thank Fox for. Yay, Yay Fox. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so I just watched, obviously for this as well, yeah. the, the episode that they did have as the, uh, as the pilot when they were released. Mm. And it doesn't, it, it continues some of the stories, but it doesn't really set any of them up. So as a pilot, I don't think it worked. Um, and I think, yeah, they pilot messed uh, they messed up yeah, yeah. well, we'll, we'll <laughs> jump we'll jump on to that second episode yeah. um it is chronologically the second episode in the se- series it's yeah it was meant to be watched second uh for those keeping track it's called train job which basically gives away the first half of this story um yeah. you've got the crew of serenity they take on a crime uh, a train heist uh, at the behest of a crime lord known as uh niska um they steal the goods only to find out that what they stole was medicine and the town that they stole it from really really need it um, and so drama ensues. Yeah. Um, and at the start of this episode, we uh, we see Zoe and uh, and Mal in a pub <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. And again, uh, continuing the space western. Yeah, thing. the space western. You know, new frontier, which I guess you know it really is everywhere you get, you settle, it's yours. Very westerny. Mm. Kind of makes sense. The the two go hand in hand. But uh, in said pub, random guy stands up and. Uh, Makes a toast to Unification Day, which is the day that the uh, Alliance won the yeah. war. Basically, the, the day that the brown coats, uh, that is to say Mal and Zoe, side the independence lost. And uh, we were all unified and we're supposed to celebrate. And Mal doesn't really feel like celebrating How the loss of the How coincidental that he found himself in an Alliance-friendly pub on Unification Day wearing a brown coat. Isn't that just insane? It's and almost like he did it on purpose. No, he no. wouldn't do such a thing. <laughs> so, a fight ensues. Crazily enough, uh, and and we see quite a nice little. Uh, we, we see Wash basically. We, we see the pilot and how good he is at flying, uh, which we did see a little bit in the first episode. He pulls off quite a nice little maneuver. The crazy Ivan, at, yeah, the crazy Ivan down there. We'll, you'll see that we're done. We're over the first episode, but this in this episode we once again see uh, Wash's flying ability as he flies quite low down and uh, yeah, it scares scares away the bad guys. Basically, yeah. comes up over the ridge. Jane, Jane um, found it quite funny that they thought a transport ship had guns. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, because it was just a big gun ship. Yeah. That they all ran away from. I mean, it's pretty intimidating. Like, it would be, yeah. I, I get that ships are a thing in that universe like that. But I mean, you know, you, you're fighting a couple of people and bang, up comes a ship threatening to you know turn this town into a crater. I can understand skulking yeah, away. Move. Yeah, yeah. They got their punches in. They made their point. They did. They did. <laughs> and uh, we once again see Mal's good side that you know he sees fortune he sees you know his way out and goes these people need it more um basically he puts what's right what's the the good thing to do ahead of what's the most profitable thing to do yeah and and it's quite a big deal in this particular episode because you get introduced to niska who um even just from this episode you get that he's not a kind not the kind of person you want to cross with no, um, like the first time they meet Niska, he, uh, you know, they meet him and then they've kind of heard a lot about him. Um, and, and your I think, reputation, yes. Yes, your reputation. I'm um, sorry for that horrid accent. Yeah, was, I can't uh, do them. Yeah. <laughs> and I I'm, believe it was uh, Jane, Zoe and Mal, Mal which is usually the, the ground team. Yeah. They're the fighting ones. Wash is flying the ship and is taking a, something somewhere. Kaylee Bay is keeping it running. 
I just keep her out of danger at all times. Uh, it didn't work in the first episode. She got shot. It, well, that's the other thing, um, which actually, once again, we see later on in this episode as well. The characters are very mortal. Uh, mm. they're, they're not protected at all. Um, and, and at the end of this very episode, we see Mal take a knife to the chest. <laughs> as you do. As you do. Um, so, uh, But we'll get to that when we get to the end of this episode. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of... Their mortality is always in question. Like, will yeah. they make it to the next episode? And the, uh, the movie, which is don't take the sky from anyway. The sorry, sky is taken. Ta- the sky is taken. Uh, that's a quote from the theme song for those of you who don't know. Um, that yeah, <laughs> but uh, you should know. Yeah, you, you should you should know. Yeah. Um, this episode, I think, did a much better job of building up Jane. Um, you get a lot more of his character represented through this, um, just through little things like his conversation with Kaylee, um, sort of his reaction to them wanting to take back the medicine. Um, you know, that's the one thing that this episode did better than the pilot in introducing characters. Uh, most of the characters doesn't get the proper build up for a pilot does, but Jane, you get a lot more from. You do, yeah, you do. Um, and sorry, I actually forgot to finish what I was saying before. I got a little bit sidetracked uh, when they first meet Niska. Uh, and they're saying, oh, yeah, look, we've heard of you. You know, we've heard you're a pretty menacing guy. And he reveals a door and he sees, you know, there's a guy hanging upside down who's just failed him and is now being punished uh, and to kind of cement his his uh, his reputation as a badass, as a guy you don't mess with. Mm. Uh, and uh, then we later on find out that that's his wife's cousin. Yep. And that the only thing he's really worried about is dinner might be a little awkward. So, yeah, he, he's kind of portrayed as a pretty emotionless Nazi space Hitler yeah yeah, basically uh, yeah (laughs) it it doesn't help that his accent is fairly German as well very very Um, European yeah (laughs) and so basically what he wants is them to pull a train heist which again space western um, which you know Mal and Zoe are on the 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 train I don't know why it took so long for me to remember train when I've been mentioning train and it's title of the episode is called train Train job yeah Mm. Um, but they're on the train um, so they're doing a job on a train yeah yeah Uh, to make it the space side of space western uh, Serenity's flying overhead uh, and Jane has to go down collect it things don't go completely to plan uh, Mal and Zoe were meant to go back up on the ship and leave but they get stuck on the train uh, so they go to the township where the, the cargo was meant to go to turns out it was medicine because everyone there's sick and they need this medicine to basically survive um, so they're feeling super guilty yeah Meanwhile, Inara has to come in and sort of break them out because they're being withheld. The, the, the guy there kind of doesn't fully trust their story. They're kind of in quarantine mm. um, because you know, the, the townsfolk don't know that they were the ones stealing the, yeah. the medicine. Um, so everyone's kind of in quarantine and, and they need to be rescued by Inara. Yeah, it's a bit, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Inara comes to the rescue a bit. Mm. Yeah. A few, few times through the series. <laughs> but yeah, so I think they handled this really well. And then, like, basically, you've got the debate that I keep their reputation sound with Niska or do they do what is technically the right thing and give up the cargo and try and work out what they're going to do later. Um, before they can make that decision fully though, uh, Niska's men find them because they didn't make the rendezvous and, you know, the bad guy, the sort of, their, their main lieutenant, Crow, uh, also known as Tattooed Antagonist, um, kind of causes a bit of chaos. As you said, Malcolm gets a knife to the chest. Um, yeah, not an arrow to the knee, a knife to the chest. Yeah. Um, but they win. Um, a drugged up Jane who was drugged so that he wouldn't become the leader of that crew <laughs> uh, manages to shoot him in the leg, uh, not the face like he was trying. Um, but yeah, so they, they give Crow the option basically go back to Niska and say, Look, 
you know, the, the deal was off. Here's the money back that you gave us. They, they weren't going to take the money, but here's, here's the money back. Um, Nis- he basically says no. So Niski goes, no, I will not tell him this and get, mm. kick, get a spider kicked in the chest. Oh, and not just spider kicked to the chest, spider kicked into... A turbine, like an engine from a jet. Yeah, uh, <sighs> it's a very swift and brutal demise for him, to which the second in command from that crew... Doesn't really give Malcolm the option to go through the deal again. So it's like, yep, yep, I'll, yep, I'll no, let Niska I'm, know. I'll let Niska know whatever you want. <laughs> and yeah, I would have done the exact same, same thing. Same thing, yeah. I'm not get kicked into no turbine. So yeah, they, they take the medicine back. Uh, the cop pretty much finds him on the way. Uh, but he's a good bloke. He sort of gets what happened. And we get a really good example of Malcolm Reynolds here when they sort of say, yeah, they're talking about the case. Like, you didn't know what it was, but when you find out, a man has a choice. To which Malcolm basically goes... I don't think he does. Which, again, right there sums up his character, basically. Yeah, he's a petty thief, but... And, and this is one of the reasons why we both fell in love with it. We've discussed this at length before. The writing is just brilliant. Uh, the, the one-liners... Uh, I mean, there was just a couple that we mentioned there. Uh, for Jane, when he says, oh, nice shot. He goes, I was trying to hit him in the face. Like, there's all these little one-liners which are just brilliant. And as a result, they kind of keep things moving um, mm. otherwise I guess it, it might, might be a little bit of a stretch for a 40 minute episode but you don't have that with Firefly no. I always forget they are 40 minutes I always like oh I've got 20 minutes or half hour spare I'll sit down and watch a 40 minute episode right and, and this <laughs> is again testament to the show basically because this is probably one of the weaker episodes Overall, I think if you look at the 14 episodes, this one's in the bottom half. Yeah, when we went to review this, it was one of the ones I had to look back on because I couldn't remember a lot of it. I remembered yeah. the key points, but yeah, there was a lot I couldn't... But in saying that, it's not a bad episode. Like, it is a very enjoyable one. It It's miscast as a... as a um, Pilot? That's the word I'm looking for, as a wash. Um, but it, it's still a good episode. It's just, it shouldn't have been the pilot because it doesn't really establish the characters in the same way. You're introduced to Simon and River, but if you didn't see the pilot, I think it's a very confusing introduction yeah. because they're there, they don't do anything really in the episode. River's kind of a bit off, but you don't have any explanation. Yeah, I kind of really wish I had watched Firefly when it came out so I could have seen that as a as a pilot to see how it worked. But uh, as I, yeah, as I watched the chronological, you know, the one that was supposed to be number one first it made sense but I think yeah, if you didn't have that introduction you'd have no idea who they were yeah and the characters are there why they're said, important like. Jane gets a bit more backstory but it's a lot more focused on basically Jane Mal and Zoe they're the focus of the episode so you get a bit of them but yeah it shouldn't have been a pilot it's, it is more straightforward as a story though and I can see why Fox saw the appeal of this it has a better in, like the starting point is a bit better um, it's quicker yeah, it's just a simple, it's a train job space western. It works in that respect. Yeah, it's just a simple episode um, that doesn't set anything up. Yeah. And, and as a result, yes, it's more interesting from probably, yeah, their perspective. But it's not a pilot because it doesn't set anything up. No. Uh, and, and we did need that. Especially when you've got nine characters to try and deal with. Mm. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the pilot does well. It handles pretty much all the characters, gives them the time they like need, said, gives they, them little subplots. Yeah, pe- some some people didn't get the time they they needed, for example, people like Jane, but mm. he's already established. Like We know who Jane is. He's a very simple character at the start of this series, so we don't go into him too much. Uh, we find more out about him as we go, but... Yeah, I think if they tried to put all the detail into everyone, we would have had a Suicide Squad. 
Uh, <laughs> well, we would have had another one hour, 20 minute movie. Yeah, um, exactly. We would have. Uh, so, I mean, that's the way they need to do, do the, it. The one um, thing they did yeah, do... set them up more in this episode. Yeah, the one thing they do also set up, which is addressed once or twice more in the, the season. It would have been addressed a lot more if it went for one more season. Thank, Thank you, Fox. Fox. Uh, and that is the Hands of Blue. Um, we see them at the very end of the episode. Um, River's kind of in her room to... Like two by two hands of blue kind of thing and they they're just sort of there you know basically saying there's people involved in this that we want to find and present quite obviously that's meant to be river these two uh, appear again in ariel although it wasn't actually meant to be those like there's two p- specific characters that ends up being the hands of blue it was meant to be two different people every time yeah they were uh, supposed to be kind of like an organization they, they you know two by two means they go around in pairs yeah. uh they're like government you know figures they come out in suits and the blue hands is a reference to they're wearing gloves they're wearing latex blue gloves not touching anything um and a little bit of a side factor nathan fillion who also uh was a start start in castle Mm -hmm. uh makes a reference to this in uh in in castle it makes a few firefly references yeah if if you like firefly and you watch castle like every third or fourth episode is kind of like ah yeah another little thing so um yeah there's lots of little little references to to things like that um, references to fantastic season uh, series getting cancelled after one season. Sorry, thank you, Fox. Moment. Thank you, Fox. Anyway, yeah, it was a good on. episode. It's just not a pilot, basically. No. Um, the next episode that we're covering, the final one for this particular episode on One Up Culture Cast, is called Bushwhacked. Um, and for those who don't recognise the name necessarily, what this is, what this story is, is basically the Serenity uh, gets pulled up on Alliance cruiser while they're investigating a spaceship that was attacked by Reavers. Uh, Simon and River must hide to prevent their capture, while something is wrong with the lone survivor on that attacked spaceship. Uh, this is one of those episodes, and like as I rewatched Firefly for the millionth time, um, something I really found was this was another episode I was kind of air about in comparison to the rest of the season. Uh, but when watching it from, a, I guess, a more critical perspective, preparing for this uh, series that we're doing, I actually really enjoyed this episode and what it does. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. It, this is sort of the first episode that you really get a good look at Simon and River uh, as to who they are. Yeah, and we get more of a vision of the Reavers as well, which um, I'll, I'll just go into the Reavers. I'll let mm, you go into yeah, Simon and River. Because we didn't really cover them in the um, first episode. No, in the first episode, we, we have an encounter with uh, a ship, which we're told is full of Reavers. Uh, now, Reavers in this extended universe become quite in, quite useful in this use. Uh, mm. Sorry, quite important in this universe, uh, and they're really people who are no longer people. Um, As I think so, book says, they stared at the edge of space and just went, went mad. mad. Yeah, um, yeah. They they looked into the the abyss and saw nothing. You know, there was there was nothing more. Uh, they stood at the edge of the universe. It's um, Which is actually like that, the whole point you sort of made. They looked at the edge of the abyss, saw nothing, and then Joss Whedon sort of mentioning that nine different characters look at the end, saw nine different things. It's actually a really fascinating, yeah, sort of thought project, like, I guess. And, and I think it's kind of a theme, yeah. Like if you stand at the edge and look further, what will you see? And and this is actually a famous Galileo thing. If you stand at the edge of a universe and you fire an arrow and it goes until it hits something, and then you stand on top of that thing and you fire again, when does it end? Um, philosophy good times um but uh yeah and, and they're cannibals so they they find and eat people um and that's the, so basically we're told that they will tear off your skin eat your flesh and rape you maybe in that maybe order. or maybe not in that order yeah um and they cover their ships in the debris of, of fallen 
enemies and there's um, radiation leaking and that yeah basically because they're no longer really human they don't have the same survival uh you know habitat that mm. we that we require so yeah all they all of their uh, their ships are leaking and probably shouldn't really be flying yeah. um and and we see this you know they kind of pass over and the ship goes into silent mode really turns everything off in the first episode and in this third episode we see a ravaged ship which has been ravaged by yeah <laughs> and uh yeah we go in and we, we see more of what they do and, and it's really kind of a horror uh clip for a little bit you're going through and there's it's very creepy and there's a score going behind and you feel like yeah something's going to jump out at any moment and it kind of does yeah. um this, Jane, this whole episode's yeah. basically a thriller yeah when you look is. at the first two they're kind of action adventure this one just goes straight into thriller horror aspects yeah well i mean the last one was just a straight western mm. in space and this one's pretty much just a straight thriller floating in space like what happens if you went into a haunted house it's yeah. floating in space um and uh, and we have jane who as we've gone through is kind of a tough character um bit of a comedy in him and, and he kind of strikes up a bit of a friendship with book booker mm. um shepherd book yeah um who we didn't you didn't really see that one coming those two becoming friends but it is an ongoing that thing. friendship is one of my favorite of the relationships yeah. in firefly just across the board it's just a fun one it's not too in depth but it's fascinating seeing those two and, get along and it kind of comes out of nowhere like, there's no real story reason those two become close mm. uh and, it, and it's just little moments that we see um one that just comes to the, comes to mind is we've got Jane and he's sitting there and he's doing some weights in a later episode and uh, books sitting there looking at a dead body and he kind of they're kind of talking and they're asking oh, you do you want a spot do you want to you know they're just hanging out and they kind of get quite deep and religious mm-hmm. and it's from Jane's side which is quite um, interesting seeing this book as the uh, the religious of the, of the two um, and and it just happens through a few different times that these two are just having a chat and they seem to be friends and you're like why but i like it yeah i definitely um, feel like there would have been a really interesting subplot happening in a future you know season there yeah. which would have come into play that friendship thank um, you fox thank you fox um but we see uh, jane who's portrayed as this pretty tough character uh squeal like a girl when something jumps out at him which is fair i would have done yeah. the same thing um, but we then, don't portray ourselves as being hardened you know warriors basically. you don't portray yourself as being hardened uh, yeah, me either. Um, but, but uh, yeah, anyway, so he squeals like a little girl and we find out that the thing that jumped out wasn't that big. No, um, it was just a man. It's just a little dude. Yeah. He was but, scared. But he has a lot of strength as we find out throughout this episode because he's basically been... And we don't know the full story because, again, you know, Firefly play the story of the Reavers pretty close to their chest for most of this season. Yeah. Um, but basically, you can tell something's happened to him. You know, whether... Yeah, they've screwed with him or whether he just had to witness what the yeah. Reavers do and it's just gone, went yeah. mad. And, and we're led to believe that he's just been hiding and he's seen this and he's gone crazy and just survival instincts mm. uh, is he's just, yeah, ridiculous strength. Um, which uh, we also see in the Reavers as well. Um, and, and for the, kind of the same reason that they've lost humanity, they've lost all will to live. Mm. So they just throw everything at you. They're, they're kind of animalistic, uh, like ravaged animals, which is, you know, Reavers. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, and, and this whole episode, you know, you get bits and pieces as they're dealing with what's going on with the ship. So you see Jane kind of freaked out until there's the promise of, you know, collectibles Ooh, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> stuff to sell. Uh, you get Malcolm kind of wanting to maybe do the right thing by the person they find. You get Booker wanting to pray over, you know, the lost souls, the souls on the ship. Yeah. And you get Simon, again, like the first two episodes don't give you too much about Simon. This one gives you a lot more as to what you 
kind of to expect from him. Um, he gets tricked by Jane to come over in full space suit, uh, which he didn't put on properly, as Kaylee Bay points out later. Um, and yeah, Jane's con- constantly screwing with him with this episode. Uh, but what you really also get is his relationship with River. And, and this is what really makes me appreciate this episode is the depths they go into try and build up what you're getting from these two. And there's a, a beautiful wordless moment which happens towards the end. By this time, the Alliance has boarded the ship. Um, they're basically trying... You know, they know that this ship has been flagged that potentially has these two fugitives of Simon River. Um, so they're searching the ship. Meanwhile, Malcolm and stuff are all taken to interrogation, which is another fan... Like, the, the moments here are fantastic with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you've got Simon and River hanging off the side of the ship in the space this, suit. Yeah. And you, you, it starts with Simon. He's kind of got this real scared look. He's like, oh, he doesn't want to be out here. And he, he looks, looks over to River, who's just got this absolute joy on her face as she's looking out into the black abyss. Simon kind of thinks, what's she looking at? Looks out, sees that same abyss, and just freaks out. No words are spoken in this moment, and it's purely from the acting of these two uh, that really sell this and, moment. And it's a, it is a great moment, and it brings us back to that, what we were saying before. You know, if you're nine different people looking at, in, in, into outer space and they see nine different things, uh, yeah. here's a perfect example of two different of those those cast members looking out. And until both Sean Ma and Summer Glau do fantastic all every character does but these two do fantastic work with their character summer especially because river would have been an incredibly tough character to play and play well to get into the frame the frame of mind that she has to Mm. um but yeah this this moment i think really sells these two characters again you know these little moments that firefly produce um again like it's a good episode um I, i came to really enjoy it having watched it recently how, how do you sort of rate it on the, um, the Pantheon of Firefly? The Pantheon of Firefly. Uh, it rates higher than Train Job for me. Uh, it's not one of my... It's not, it's not in my top list. Uh, I still enjoy it. Um, but then there's not really an episode of Firefly I don't enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty much very forgettable except for a few moments. Uh, and that ending one was definitely one. Uh, and there are a few one-liners, but yeah, for the most part, it yeah it doesn't really continue the Firefly story, um, and it does. Mm. You, you you don't realize that it has, uh, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that because that makes no sense. Uh, when you first watch this episode, you have it, it. It's just a standalone episode; has nothing to do with the rest of the series. I mean, you see some of those relationships between the core characters strengthen, and, and seeing uh, yeah, you mentioned before. The, the the little taunting between Jane and uh, and the Doctor uh, Simon and uh, and that that also happens through the rest of the series. There's a little bit of animosity between those two that you know goes back and forth and it gets settled and then it doesn't and and but the the two are always kind of friendly to each other but they're not on the same page. Mm. Um, and Jane has issues with with uh, with River. Um, it very confusing for me that River is played by Summer. <laughs> like those, those two always get me um but yeah and and it, it strengthens some of those relationships but for the the storyline part didn't really seem to progress anything until we find out that the reavers are actually quite important and this episode actually shows us quite a quite a, the biggest insight through the season that mm. we see um the biggest insight we see at all would be the movie yeah but um through the season this is probably the most we see 
of what the Reavers are. Just about every other time they just kind of mentioned, and it's just like, yeah, they're bad news. Whereas this one, you kind of see the after effects of it, which... Yeah, well, in the first episode, we don't see them at all. And even in this episode, we still don't. Mm. Um, There's that, that mystery built up. But the tension, like, of just of their name that they are coming... Um, you can tell like this. You know, what are these things? Why is everyone so afraid of them? Um, and you also see they're a little bit more intelligent than you might think as a bunch of mindless, you know, fools because they rigged the the derelict ship that they used to trap Serenity. There are some I'm not sure what they were like vines or something which encapsulate Serenity and basically trap that ship together. So the theory is that you know they trap the ship, uh, the Reavers come back and they have their fun with the crew of Serenity. Yeah, basically kind of like a spider spider web. They left a web, yeah. they'll come back and see if there's anything caught. Yeah, and thankfully Kaylee Bay is able to free them from it, which is another little subplot which kind of gives you a little bit of insight into those characters that are involved. Uh, they, they keep that news separate from some of the other crew. They don't want people freaking out. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, that's important in establishing the Reavers because they aren't just mindless um, and they are fairly... They're still human. Yeah, just destroyed by. I mean, they can still fly happens. a spaceship. They can still build spaceships. Yeah. you know, which is they're kind of like <laughs> hyper advanced zombies in a way because they don't attack their own, um, but yeah, they go crazy for potential meat and flesh yeah, and yeah. fun. Um, yeah, so this is a good episode again. I enjoyed it a lot more watching it recently. Sort of, I guess, watching it from what does it do to the series? Because mm. yeah, it, on its own, it is fairly standalone. Doesn't build up a lot of story arc. Uh, it's more but in the future, piece. showing us kind of the the after effects of those yeah. reavers is, yeah it's so yeah it, I, I actually quite like this episode but compared to some of you know it's still probably in the bottom half of the season for me just again that speaks to the quality of firefly um so they're the three episodes that we're covering uh this time uh later on we're looking at doing the next episode later on sort of this week or early next week we are trying to do two a week for these because look as much as we love firefly we understand not everyone is a firefly fan um what is wrong with you people? Um, well, they, they wouldn't still be listening 52 minutes into this podcast, so it's okay. They might. We have some pretty deep, sultry voices. Oh, yes. Well, don't do that again. Okay. Um, so that's the first three episodes. Uh, next episode, uh, we're going to cover four episodes, and those episodes are Shindig, Safe, Our Mrs. Reynolds, and one of probably the cult favourite is Janestown. All right. I'm just going to point out how excited you got when we said Mrs. Reynolds. Because I'm very excited to review that. that I one. really like Mrs. Reynolds. I really and it's like a good Shenanigans. episode too. Uh, I, knew, I knew it. But yes. Uh, and, and Janestown is probably one of the, the big cult classics. Yeah. And Shindigits and Safe are both really good episodes as well. Yeah. Um, they're one of the few sort of episodes that actually tie in together. Like these two, you know, connect... The end of one episode goes straight into the second one. That's the start of our Firefly sort of series. We are going to be covering, you know, as I said, doing four episodes, then probably another four episodes, finish off on the final three, and then we've got that final episode, which is going to be on the moving, kind of probably recapping the series as a yeah. whole. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, to keep up to date on when we release this next episode, as well as all future One Up Culture casts and One Up Culture articles, please follow us on Twitter, quite simply, at One Up Culture. Um, everything else will also be found on the website, which is found on our WordPress. Just type in One Up Culture into the Google. You should be able to find it there, okay? Uh, any final words you've got before we finish off? No. That in itself was a word, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Hopefully, this might inspire you to watch Firefly for the millionth time. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, for Jareth, my name is Trent, and that is Game Over. <laughs>